That Blues, Royal Blue family, you got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Grips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host Jed here alongside my co-host Harrison Hyman's-Bolt. Welcome sir, how are you? I'm not too bad. A couple of days have elapsed since Thursday. So it's now... <laughs> I feel like we're lucky we didn't do this on uh, Thursday night. Well, yeah. Was, I was in a bit of a stinky mood, but... um. So the reason for the delay in recording, you've been in Adelaide. Yep. Um, I stayed in Melbourne, so we thought, rather than do it on Zoom, we'll wait for you to get back and yeah. do this properly. Um, before we get into the footy itself, gather out and talk to us yes. about it and uh, how it was being in Adelaide for it and just the general vibe and what was going on in the city. Oh, I've got to say, it was absolutely brilliant. They South Australia have completely nailed the whole concept of gather around. Um, it was just amazing. Like, you'd walk through the city and it was just the whole city was painted AFL. As in so many tourists wearing footy club colours, which was great to see. Thursday evening in the city was a sea of navy blue. Uh, you know, it actually felt like Carlton were playing an elimination final that night. Just so many Carlton fans around. But, you know, I saw a lot of Freo fans. You know, I got back to the airport in Melbourne on Friday. Lots of Richmond. Mm. You know, there were pop-up AFL merchandise stores everywhere around the city. All 18 club captains had features around the city. The footy, the fan fest was unbelievable. Just, you know, food trucks, alcohol stations, you know, little activities for the kids. They had a stage where they'd present clubs on the stage. Like I saw Port Adelaide go through the whole team. You know, every club had their own merchandise store, which they'd rotate depending on who's playing. And they'd have club representatives outside of it. So on Thursday, you know, Adelaide had their pop-up store and had, you know, all their twos players outside there. Just everyone was, everyone bought into it. It was, it was just really, really cool. And I think it's a concept where you think, well, the NRL's done it for a few years. You know, we're taking a leaf out of their book. And I think we've made it our own in the sense of it. It was very family friendly. And a lot of people just made the commute, which was it was great to see. And I think I didn't even see the crux of it. I think the Saturday-Sunday games will be even more full on in terms of mm. the city atmosphere. So, I kind of regretted when I got there not staying for the entire weekend. But then obviously, I think to myself, in retrospect... Don't know if I could have done an extra three nights in Adelaide off the back of our loss first up. Yes. Well, so, I was happy to come back. But um, no, in terms of gather round, it's a great success. We'll be back in Adelaide next year. Um, I highly endorse it. It was actually great. And I think uh, it's just a carnival of footy, really. Yeah. And I think we have to take it with the notion that it's an extra game rather than we're sacrificing a round to make this happen. You know, this is just a bonus in the fixture. Yeah, of course. And it's it, it's... And maybe it was good because it was a novelty, but it just worked. You know, everything's in close proximity in Adelaide. 
Had you ever been to the parade outside the MCG that sits there in grand final week? I haven't, but I estimate it was pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I think it even looked, it obviously looked better, but, you know, it would have been a similar sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, so no. I'll definitely hope to get there next year. Um, talk to us about the game itself. So Yes, well... I don't even know where to start well, with this one. I'll but tell I'll you where you... we'll start. I went to Adelaide last year for the Carlson game in round 20, and I described it on this platform as a clusterfuck. <laughs> this was like the great collapse of Carlton. Was it a seven or eight goal first quarter? It, firstly, we were never in it. We were never in this. It, you know, Adelaide kicked two goals before I blinked to start the game. Mm. And it just, we could never, nothing about what we did in the first stanza of the game was methodical. You know, we could never get, we, we couldn't get the ball, firstly, in the first term. We were getting absolutely schmiced out of the middle. You know, Dawson, Laird doing literally as they pleased. And I feared it would be the same where they're, they're back half runners like Dawson and Brody Smith and Wayne Miller, are, you know, even Chase Jones, mm. you know, they all killed us last year. Just did the same. They had free reign, uncontested mark numbers for Adelaide were completely through the roof. Every entry inside 50 was so central that they, you know, were taking easy shots at goal. We couldn't even push them out wide. There was no resistance. It was just as dirty as a Carlton Knight can get. They were, they were insipid. They really were. It was, a, it was just a describe. Uh, you might have the uncontested mark number up there. I, I don't know what's the number. Well, it doesn't say. <laughs> so it says Adelaide took 116 marks and only 19 of them were contested. So that that means there were 97 uncontested. A 97 marks. uncontested marks is unfathomable. And that's an indictment on fifty-seven. And that's an indictment on team defence. You know, not being able to cover space, not spreading wide enough. And Adelaide were just in complete control. They were cruising after quarter time, really. You know, we and we did the the weekly Carlton strip tease. We threatened at one point, got it back to three goals, but it just never looked like it. It was just dirty, and a lot of players lowered their colours. You know, there weren't many that could have walked off the Adelaide Oval and thought, "Yeah, I played well tonight." So it was ghastly, and you know what? At the end of the day, a result like this has been coming, has it not? Well, it has. It has. Um, let's face it, it's been coming. We weren't particularly impressed with the way that, I guess, Carlton were playing in the first four games. But we... I mean, the way I thought of it was that good teams win when they're not playing well. And I guess that's what was happening. But really, the it, it all unraveled on the weekend. And for me, the most concerning part about it you spoke about how it was the same things that got us last year that 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 was the most concerning part about it for me was yeah. that we got killed the exact same way it was like just on repeat and this one looked worse because they've become a better side than what they were eight months ago that's why yeah, it looked yeah, even yeah. more you oh, know, they, dramatic mate but, jordan dawson and Brody smith absolutely killed us last year and they did it again it's jo- it was a repeat jordan dawson's game and i'm a big jordan dawson fan his game on Thursday night, uh, it was just, I don't know if it was, as in it was scarily good, but this was, a we, we were a team, a midfield group, a team of 23 that paid Jordan Dawson very little respect. There's every chance Jordan Dawson's the current All-Australian captain right now. Mm. There's no reason to suggest why he can't be in the reckoning for that. Rory Laird, you know, 16 possessions at quarter time. Like, come on. 
you know, Dawson and Laird had 16 clearances between them. It was just... Dawson had 13 touches as well at quarter time. Ah, it was just absurd. It was 49 to 7 at one stage on the scoreboard. Yeah. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I thought, well, this is done already. It was just so many people lower their colours. And another one who got us last year in a big way came back and got us in the exact same way was Ben Keyes. Mm. You know, that defensive role, you know, making Saad accountable, making our defenders actually have to defend and hurting us the other way. And he did exactly that. He was... Kick three again. A complete presence up forward. And, you know, they had Fogarty, they had Philthorpe, they got Walker and Rochelle and Rankin. They've got a lot of threats forward of the ball. And and, and Fogarty kicked five. Yeah, and Fogarty killed us again. And... It was just, it was distressing the way Adelaide picked us apart piece by piece. And they executed it so early that, you know, it was just very frustrating. It was a really dirty night. It was one of, you know, when you go to the footy, it was one of those games you can be really into, like, you know, there's 98% of games I go to, I'm intently watching. Mm. But Thursday night was one of those games where you almost, the whole game's a bit of a blur. You know, you don't remember many specific moments, you know, the whole... You know, maybe because I was seeing, you know, I, I, that sometimes happens when I sit level one because I struggle with the view a little bit, but mm. I was a bit elevated, so it was fine. But, you know, the whole game was just, it was really hard to pinpoint what was specifically happening a lot of the time. It was just dirty. But, mm. yeah, I it don't looked, know. It looked dirty. It looked real dirty. And you know what? When Carlton, you know, I don't mind losing. I can handle losing games because everyone's going to lose. You, well, you know, no one goes undefeated. You're going to lose. But I don't like when they don't show up. When it's just non-competitive crap. And that's what it was. That was a game where Carlson looked completely out of their depth, disinterested, and just, quite frankly, not good enough. For me, it just raises some hard-hitting questions. So why were we why were we beaten in the exact same manner that we were last year? Has anything changed with Carlton? Have the deficiencies in the game plan and the way that we set up and structurally have those deficiencies been ironed out have there been have we improved have we maybe gone backwards but the biggest question that comes out of it for me is how do we make the midfield work because this is the first time that we saw the big six and you know what we're going to call it a big seven actually it's the first time we saw the big seven together which is obviously your wingman of Akers and Hollands on either side, and then the big five in the middle of Cripps, Walsh, Kennedy, Hewitt, and Chera. That's that's probably as good of a seven as you're going to get in the league. And how do we make it work? Because on for Thursday night, it was it didn't work, and they shifted the magnets. I mean, moving Matt Kennedy into the back line for me is one of the worst decisions, and he'll never he'll he'll never play there again because he's not a defender. And this is, I guess. The issue with him is he was being played out of position for so long and finally you put him in the guts and he's great. And it's like, well, why are you moving him again? It's just, I'd, I'd, how how is this going to work going forward, Bolt, having the seven yeah. together? Because they should all be there next well, week. Well, I'll tell least. you how it's going to work. They're not going to play together. So you reckon one of them's got to be gone? They have be... to. Well, who do we have? We had the, the big five, well, plus well, Kerno. And who was the other one, sorry? No, no, it was plus Hollands and Acres. Oh, Hollands and Acres. Oh, no, well, the wings are safe. The wings won't be That's touched. That's what I'm saying. But the big, none, of, none of Cripps, Walsh, Kennedy, Chera, or Hewitt are getting dropped. No. Well, Ed Kerno. Well, I'll put it to you this way. I, I think the conjecture comes between Ed Kerno, George Hewitt, and Matt Kennedy. And there's going to have to be some hard-hitting decisions because it makes us far too slow having all three in the side. 
Mm. On top of Crips, who's obviously untouchable. Well, Cri- well hang on. I think- Well, I Crips, think- no, Crips was terrible, but in terms of team they're selection- They're all untouchable in well, team selection. Well, You're not going to drop George well, Hewitt. Well, you wouldn't have thought so, but he shouldn't be safe. No one's safe here because th- this was an absolute rabble. And, I, and, I, and I, don't get me wrong. I don't think they should be dropping the George Hewitt. Is- I, I wouldn't drop George Hewitt. You issue- know who I'd be dropping. Yeah, but the issue is he played well. He who? was one- Ed Kerno. He did. For the third time this season, he kicked below 60%. I'm mm. just going to say it now. His disposal is so fucked up that it deludes a supporter base. And I'm sorry, I can't put it any in a nicer way. His disposal is so crap that I don't get why people are on his back. Great, he's a workhorse. Great, he tries. Great, he gives effort and Carlton spirit. The bloke can't use the footy. We are so past Ed Kerno, it's not even funny. And I always get fired up on him because he is everything. Well, he's not everything, but he is a big part of why we can't progress as a team. Good ball-using teams win flags, win games. And Ed Kerno does not contribute to that in the slightest. His ball use is amateur-like. He, like, he should not be in the team. And whether they keep him in the team and drop Hewitt or drop Kennedy, I don't know what they do. But something's going to have to give because it slows us up. And at the end of the day, they're trying to squeeze too many people into limited spots and it's hurting us at other ends of the ground. As in, really, would you not have, you know, you know, Sin Cotter probably would have played a better role on halfback than Kennedy. Oh, for sure. And, and that's the point. That so, was just playing because he's a name. But, but- so, so we're sacrificing positions of the ground to accommodate for these, you know, players with good reputations at the club, which I understand. You're going to, you know, you, we need to play Matt Kennedy. We need to play George Hewitt. But I, I think Ed Kernow is the disposable one. Mm, it's It's tough. It's real tough. It's just hard. No, and to, they started it's hard with, team selection. And Chera started on the halfback flank, and they made the switch really early, getting Kennedy in there. They probably wanted the bigger body behind the ball. Mm. But, you know, to then not see how out of his depth... Matt Kennedy was probably our worst player on the night. Yeah, well, I mean, what do you expect? No, no, because- no. no and, and that's not... No, no, I, I'm not saying that. But take the two sub-affected players out. He was probably our worst player. And the fact that they stuck him there for two and a half quarters... It's just like hanging him out to dry a little bit. Well, of course, it's exactly what it is. It's exactly that's they set him up to fail. Unfortunately, that's what that's what and and it happened. He failed. Um, let's get into player analysis, Bolt. There's a lot to get through, and yeah, well, well, I think you know we approach this as a back line. I guess we'll go through each player, but as we look at the back group, it was uh, the big two of Weedering and Young. Newman, Saad, Cowan, and then uh, Plowman came in late for McGovern. Kennedy obviously played yep. back there. I mean, we'll start off with the big two. What are your thoughts on Weedering and Young? Well, they got absolutely smacked. Both of them had really bad nights at the office. Um, I can't say much more than the fact they got smacked. Yeah. Um, they were both terrible. It's disappointing. Of course it is. Um, Saad, he might be out with hamstring tightness. Well, we don't know what's yeah. happening there. Well, we've got a 10-day break, so it's almost like a bit of a bye, you know, in, after the first five weeks of the season. Saad's going to be... Ve- I, I doubt Saad plays against St Kilda. He'll be very touch and go. You reckon? Uh, if he's got tight... I, I doubt it. I think it'd almost be irresponsible to play him. But Saad's first quarter was dire. It was absolutely horrendous. 
He sometimes plays those negligent games, Sadi, and it, it, it was just not on. But he did recover thereafter. He tried to get us going a little bit, to his credit. But, you know, to no avail. Mm. Uh, thoughts on Cowan? Um, like once again, really hard role. He had a couple of okay moments, but, you know, he, 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 I don't think he was an issue on the night. No, it's funny. I spoke to... Um, you obviously went to the game with our great mate, Porty, and I spoke to him during the match, and we think I said, Cowan's probably been our best defender at, at one point in that game. Um, there was a nice tackle he did on Tex. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just such a tough game for him to play. Well, it was a tough game to really stand out, wasn't it? I think there's it one, a, there's one man, Bolt, who's playing seriously good footy. Yep. He's in career best form. He's, I think, 30 years old now. He is absolutely in unbelievable form, and that's Nick Newman. Yeah. And Isaac Rankin kicked a goal within the first 50 seconds of the game. So you can't say a whole lot about that, but after that moment, we didn't see him. And Nick Newman, he got the job done on Toby Green two weeks ago. He's taken basically the most dangerous small to medium forward of the opposition every week. Yep. And he's had another big win on the yep. weekend. And I admittedly coming into this game, I think I said to you, my biggest concern is Rankin. Yep. Like if we cannot stop Rankin, we won't win. Yep. And if you would have told me we would have stopped him the way we did, I would have thought we'll be fine. But yep. That's even scarier, the fact that Rankin basically had very little impact on the game and we still got yeah, no, New- beaten New- so badly. Newman's been fabulous. He'd be winning our best and fairest as we sit here right now. Yep. Um, he'd be right in the reckoning to be the All-Australian back pocket as we speak right We'd now. He'd probably be sitting there in the rolling team. Yeah. And you know he was pro- and he probably played on the guy in the rolling All-Australian team in the other forward pocket yeah, it's in exactly. Rankin. So Newman's well, he's been- the most dangerous player. Yeah, no, Newman's been fabulous. He... Um, he should be very, very happy with himself at the moment because he's playing very good footy. It's a contract year for him. He'll be re-signed for a couple of years. And, you know, he'd be winning our BNF right now and there's no reason why his form can't take him all the way to become a club champion in the same fashion of 2004 when David Teague won it. A bit of an odd winner. <laughs> but no, no, honestly, kudos to him. He's playing well. Yeah, he's playing very well. Uh, let's take a look. I think that's the back line done. Plowman. Ah, yes. Well, so he was the late, late, late in. So McGovern with a bit of calf tightness, death taxes and soft tissue. Um, Obviously, and you know what? Losing Mitch McGovern compounded with the fact Doherty's out for six weeks. You know, you lose your two best intercepting defenders behind the footy. It was ridiculous. You know, you lose your backbone behind the ball. So McGovern was an enormous out for us. There was no one sweeping the air. No. No, we had... And then that's why their entries were so central and just we, so direct. why we got killed. And we bought Plowman in. Um, first time we've seen Plowman this year and hopefully the last. We'll leave it there. Um, moving into the midfield. Well, we may as well do the crossover with Matt Kennedy. Well, we've spoken about Kennedy a bit in yeah. depth. He was really... He just... He drowned. Oh, yeah, he drowned. We can't say much there. Pink played embarrassingly out of position. Um, didn't, didn't bring his floaties to the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, well, you can't you can't blame him. Let's talk, and that's and that's you know I'm not blaming Kennedy there. I'm blaming the coach's box for making that ridiculous call because if you're going to play him off half back, then they should have played Kemp or Sincotta. 
It's yep. as simple as that. Yep. Don't play. Don't set a guy up to fail. Yep. That just frustrates me. On the wings, Hollands and Akers. No, uh, I, you know I thought what? they played well again. No, th- those two are, you know, playing very seamlessly at the moment. After halftime, Akers was possibly our second best player. Well, he had the most metres gained for him. He had 523 metres gained in a very dour contest for us where we couldn't get a lot of, you know, movement with the footy. So he was trying to create a nice fluky goal on his left. He, um, they're tracking pretty well. Akers had a couple moments where he was getting really frustrated with... There was someone getting stuck. Oh, I can't remember who it was, but, you know, he lowered his coals in a couple contests. But overall, I think Akers and Hollands were, you know, probably just above the curve. Mm. You know, Hollands was a little bit sloppy again, I've got to say. You know, he's probably lacked a little bit of polish the last couple of weeks you know, as opposed to his game against the Giants. But I thought he was probably top th- five for us on the night. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have had him in the five. But I think that, that you know, they're both tracking pretty well. Hmm. That'll be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks how they go because there's some big... We're going to come up against some good wingmen like Mason Wood this week is probably in the All-Australian team right now on the wing. Yep, no, it's a big contest. Burns has been playing good footy on the other wing. Yep. Um, Oh, and then we go to Perth and you see Gaff and Jaden Hunt playing good footy as well. Yeah, so they're going to have tasks over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Cripps, Hewitt, Chera. Well, Cripps was, you know, our captain was, was nowhere to be seen in the first half. It's nowhere to be seen for most of the match. Well, he recovered well. He had nine clearances, which is huge numbers. He, you know, tried to get, you know, 10 tackles as well. So, he was doing the, you know, the workman-like business, but it just wasn't his night, was it? He just never really got going, never really, you know, you know those numbers read well, you know, 12 contested possessions, but he just never really stamped his authority on the game, did he, Cripps? No. No, he didn't. He didn't, unfortunately. Uh, Chera. Oh, I thought Chera was pretty good, to be honest. I, um... You know, he's, he was the one that started off halfback and they made that move very quickly with Chera. Um, you know, he, he I think he went pretty well. I think he's having a very, very solid... I think he'd be on the podium in the best and fairest right now. He's he's just been pretty consistent. You know, he had another five clearances, got his hands on it 23 times. I, I thought Chera was pretty good. Uh, George, what's going on? Well... So, George Hewitt he played, only- I think, 15 games last year. Yeah. Had 25 or more in 14 of them. Yep. And there was one game where he only had 22. Yep. Started this year with 28. Yep. Since then, 20, 15, and 16. Well, I don't understand well, that's, what's going on. Well, that's concerning in itself, but he only kicked the ball three times on Thursday night. He, you know, meters gained for George Hewitt, 42 meters gained. You know, with one of our premier midfielders, he, he he's really struggling, and he's in a rut at the moment. George, he's you know, in his his clearance game, he only had two clearances, and this is probably outside of Cripps, clearly our second best clearance player. He 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 he's struggling at the moment, and whether he needs a break in the Magoos, I'm not sure. But you know, he's last how many? He's played the last three weeks, and yeah, he he has struggled. He's not playing good footy at the moment. The first time he's probably lowered... His form's dipped so significantly since he's moved to Carlton. Mm. And it's something that needs to be altered very quickly because, you know, as much as I love George Stewart, I think he's a brilliant player. He's been playing... Like, he's been terrible. Do you think possibly 
the inclusion of an extra mid like Kernow in there, it could be hurting him. Maybe, but it's as in potentially it's just disrupting that midfield mix. But you know he should be better than that either way. Uh, let's talk about the return of a great man. SW18 Sam Walsh walks in. Yep. Bog for us. Yeah, he was probably our best player. He, you know, tried to get a lot of things moving, was getting his hands on the ball. Um, but once again, there was just nothing to... And, and this is why all our midfielders... And this is why we struggled comparatively to Adelaide. There was just... There was no space. We were suffocated. There was nothing ahead of the footy a lot of the times. You know, systems broke down. And you look at the numbers. Chera had three more handballs than he kicked. Walsh had 13 more handballs. Cripps had seven more handballs. You know, Hewitt had 10 more handballs. You know, those guys really struggled to... There was just nothing happening ahead of the ground. And you could see Walsh getting a lot of one-twos. He was trying to be busy at the stoppages. He was good, Walsh. He was good. Probably our, the best of a bad lot on a really dark night for the footy club. And, and, and I said to you last week, he's going to walk in. It's just going to be same old, same old. He's been. He's had a really good two or three-week training block now. I think I, I'll give it to Carlton. They cop a lot of shit, you know, for strength and conditioning and managing players. I think they managed Sam Walsh to a T since he went in for surgery in December. I think they were very, you know, they had their timeline four weeks, then we'll assess. And I think he could have come back earlier, but I think they were pretty insistent. They're going to stick to this formula and we're going to get him cherry ripe to play. So I think they've done a pretty good job with Sam Walsh. Um, Because the temptation would have been there to play him. On Good Friday or... Definitely. And, and I really liked the comment that they were taking into consideration rather than playing him against North six-day break, just wait till the Adelaide game. He'll take his 10-day break. He'll yep. recover and then we'll go again. Uh, this reminded me of 2020 Carlton or 2021 Carlton where it was just Walsh was comfortably our best by a mile. Well, yeah. This was just classic. It was, yeah. Um, but Walsh was absolutely fantastic. Walter's in and just you know, was very, very impressive. And, you know, he only had 25 in the end. At one point he was on track for 35, but his last quarter was very quiet. Um, but yeah, really, really impressive performance um, by Walsh. We move into the forward line, Bolt. Uh, oh, no, no, you do this every week. Oh, of course, of course, of course. My, 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 my favourite <laughs> position on the ground. The Ruckman. Um, well, Pinnanet was subbed out early. With, yeah, he was. With, with a head knock. And it, what happened with Was it an eye injury or something? You got... I think it was tactical. No. <laughs> no, being dead set. He got subbed off 10 minutes in. No, it wasn't. It was 10 minutes into the second quarter. Was it? Yeah. I'm being dead set. Yeah, he was off the ground I'm for being a long time. dead set. Oh, no. If it was dead that- set. I reckon it was tactical. Well, he was only he only played. I've got no idea. Fourteen percent game time. So I think he was off, and then maybe they made the call. No, he copped a head. He copped a knock. I remember he actually copped a knock, and he got it. He he's he had a cut above his eye. Fair, but that doesn't rule you out. Chuck it back. Well, bandage it's, in, on. it's interesting because we we're sitting on the interchange bench side, and we saw Honey take his shirt off, his training shirt off, really early into the first quarter, and we we're thinking, oh, the sub's going to come on here, but he never came on, and then it happened. Obviously, like fifteen. 20 maybe minutes they did later. a concussion test. I don't maybe, know. But, maybe, maybe, but. To me, it was obvious that we were getting brutalized. Well, it was it, we were too slow, and we just needed to get some speed on the ground. But yeah, uh, yeah. so Pitt subbed off. Nothing you can say about his performance. TDK, <laughs> um, Tommy, Tommy had a bad night. Tommy struggled. Tommy, TDK probably. Well, can you imagine my reaction? 
I hate to pinpoint moments, but can you imagine my reaction at the ground when the big galoof spoiled the ball back in on the goal line, straight down the throat of Ben Keys in the goal square? <laughs> Could you imagine what came out of my mouth after that? Maybe don't repeat it on this show. Oh, I definitely won't. <laughs> Just a complete dodo. But... It was a bit of a disappointing night. They got towed up. Riley O'Brien's a good ruckman. He's a physically imposing ruckman. And he didn't dominate O'Brien, but, you know, smacked us in the ruck. Um, yeah, well, yeah, DeConning struggled, but wasn't the worst on the night, I guess. But the ruck's just always going to be an issue at this point. Mm. Unfortunately, I think you're right. Uh, forward line now. We'll and, we, off- and we went through Ed Kerno earlier. Yeah, we did. We yeah. did. Um, the guy that can't kick. We Good spirit, can't kick. We will look at our Good forward spirit. line. Great spirit, tries hard. Jack Silvani. That can't kick. Jack Silvani should have probably got a week. <laughs> Very lucky. I actually think he, should, he definitely should have got suspended for that Silvani. Purely on the basis it was completely stupid. But then I didn't realize at the ground he actually kicked out at him. It was like almost like a slide tackle. He held him by the legs and then he that kicked it. That was frustrating. Really, it was. Um, he should be very lucky to get away the $1,500 fine, Silvani, because it was a lot... You know, that used to be a straight-up suspend. Dustin Fletcher missed like 20 weeks just on the basis of tripping in the goal square. You know, it used to be a genuine thing, bang, mm. a week. So, I think Silvani should count himself very lucky. Um, yeah, tough night for Sauce, wasn't it? He, yeah. You know, he, he got, when he was put in the middle, though, as our secondary ruckman, you know, he had six clearances. So, he probably got the better of Thilthorpe in that secondary ruck battle, I would have to say. Um, but that's what happens when our best ruckman's the second ruckman, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, it was a tough old night. You know, you could see he was getting frustrated, but I, I thought he battled. He did battle. Uh, Charles and H. Um, well, look. Always going to be a tough night for our key forwards when you're getting that type of service, when you're not, when you're getting limited opportunity, really, and just a tough ground against a pretty good, a well set up Adelaide defence. Tom Duday completely controlled their back half. You know, he was the general in there. Um, even that little pleb, Chase Jones, he's had a really good fortnight, hasn't he? But you know, those guys like Hinge and they all get their bodies in the way. But Kerno. He was going all right, and he took seven marks, which is a pretty good return. I only kicked the two goals, but it was just a really tough time. And the same goes with Herschel. You know, six marks, two goals, and he had a moment of madness where he ran in the third quarter and kicked the ball into the Adelaide River. But he what um, was that? No, oh, just classic Herschel, isn't it? But you know, yeah, it was. It, Always going to be a tough night, but they hit the scoreboard, I guess, in a sense. But it was never going to be easy. You know, we didn't make it. We didn't make their nights any bit easier. Someone actually made a really good comment to me, though, which I liked from a neutral fan. They said, watching on the TV, as bad as we were, they they still looked amazing, though. So they always still looked live in the contest when the ball was coming in, which... Mate, they were getting in the way of each other, Mackay and Kerno. It yeah. was... This was probably the first time this year it was so noticeable. Like, others people been complaining about it all year, but I haven't really... hasn't, you know, been that big of an issue for me. But it was really annoying. And also, we need to get creative going inside 50 bolt because we are... What annoys me is 
Yes, Kerno and Mackay are that good. And in the air, they're that good. But teams know what we're doing. And Daisy Pierce, she is a fantastic analyst of the game. She made a comment on the commentary um, in the last quarter saying, Carlton have gone to Kerno and Mackay over 85% of entries. I think, I think the number when she said it was 17 out of 20. It's like, where's the creativity there? They don't lower their eyes. Well, it no... just becomes too predictable to play against. Well, it's, yes, they're that good. And yes, they're probably going to take most of the marks anyway. But, you know, it's just, there has to be, there has to be other avenues to go. There just has to be. A hundred percent. And I also think it's relevant to the pressure and the, you know, unrest up the field where they're just, they, you know, they couldn't pinpoint targets. We couldn't find space. You couldn't get your high half forwards involved to be that link, you know, like Silvani or Fisher or Durden and those types. It was just hack it in and see what happens. It was, and as, as I said at the top of the show, there was nothing, there was no method to what we were doing on Thursday night. No, no, there wasn't. But yeah, disappointing. Very disappointing. Um, Motlop? Yeah. Yeah, he was average. Not great. Not much to report home on Motlop, was there? Um, Yeah, not much to say, to be totally honest. Um, Durden? Well, same goes for him, but at least he hit the scoreboard a couple times. But yeah, not much to report home, really. You know, those two, they just have to... Mate, let's be honest here. We need to get so much more out of our small forwards. We do, we do. It's not even close we to what we what we should be getting out of them. Durden last year was a different player to what he is right now. Yeah, he's becoming we, a little bit irrelevant, isn't he? We were getting so much from Durden last year, both yeah. offensively and defensively. I mean, mate, we're not getting anything from him at the moment. But you know what? If, if you win a game, though... And you know that they're like... I get very excited by Motlop and Durden. Same. But if, you know, it's one of those things where if we win that game and you look at Durden kicking two goals, you think, yeah, like, just got to hit this contribute on the scoreboard in that sense. I think it's, you know, in that regard, I think it's a good result. But they, you know, we need a little bit, they need to be our hybrid half forwards. They need to be, you know, getting, what do they They're have? just so young. They had 15 possessions between them. You know, they probably need to be getting that H and providing but that. That's, that's it. They're so they're still so inexperienced. No, no, and no, so no. Young. I understand that. I get that, and I'm not discrediting that at all. But at the end of the day, we're here to win football games, not get participation awards. Oh and no, no, no! If they're good enough to play in the team, then we need them contributing at a level course. they need to. Of course, no, that that I can agree with. Uh... Zach Fisher, in his 100th game for our great football club. Well, Zach Fisher, I've been pretty hot on this all season. He's had a terrible season. I'm not. I don't know how the fuck he got coaches' votes against North Melbourne. We're gonna have to put this by the way. I'm gonna have to. This can't go up as a clean episode. Uh, There's I, been I, a couple. F-bombs. I don't care because it wasn't a clean game. But I don't know how he got coaches' votes against North Melbourne. As in, someone was watching a different game to me. I don't care if he had 28 possessions last week. Zach Fisher is one of the most negligent, lazy players. I've seen... It's the same form he had in 2021 where I was just completely sick of him. To his credit, he had a great 2022. Got complete and utter lift out of him. He's gone back to the disappearing magician form. You see him, then you don't see him for 30 minutes, and then he flashes back in. Someone like Zach Fisher shouldn't be kicking the ball three times a game. Hmm. Where's your run and carry? Where's your spark ahead of the well, ball? he's meant to be a kick inside 50. Oh, uh, just absolutely crap. Uh, 
I find him so frustrating to watch. I really do. Because he's just so... Oh, goes with emotions, doesn't get out of second gear. He really frustrates me at the moment, Fisher. And that's a guy who, you know, if Owies was fit, he probably wouldn't be in that side. Well, no. Because Owies would be taking the next man's spot, Mr. Honey. Okay. Well, I said this last week that I don't want to see him again. And we somewhat got our way with the fact he was the substitute. And I like the fact that people in Josh Honey's positions are the substitutes. You know, if the game was there to be won midway through the third quarter, it would have been a good injection of another forward option. But he obviously had to come on early. He's just... Uh, I don't even want to... I don't even want to criticise him because he's just so not up to the level, it's not even funny. I, I, I actually don't want to talk about him. <laughs> um, Is that the 20... When are you going to concede Josh Honey? Oh, man, I've cons- I, I said it... Was it Was it last week, I think? No, I'm happy to say I don't know what's going on there. It's oh, just, I know it, what's going on. It's um, He's not good enough. Well, yeah, he's definitely not. Let's, no. Let's, let's, let's end that right there. He's not... He, currently, we look at him and he's not close. So, um, it is disappointing because, you know, I feel like we can be getting so much more out of him, but I don't... Yeah, it's... I've just got that one completely wrong. That was... I I thought you went at, you went weird, you went on him before he played. No, because mate, like I just remember in that COVID year watching. Um, no, it wasn't. When was it? Was it the COVID year? Was well, his he first debuted twenty twenty, the co the first COVID year. His footage was just so good, and then he played tw- at the back end of twenty one, and twenty one in the reserves. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable, and when he came in at for the last month of that season. He was playing good footy in the AFL. He was getting ball and he was kicking goals. Yep. He obviously had an injury interrupted 2022 preseason. We both said he would have played round one if he was fit. And yeah, unfortunately, he's just nowhere near, not even close to the player he was. And he wasn't even, sorry, I'm not going to say he wasn't close to the player he was because it's not like he was anything, but he just looked like he had a bit of promise and he looked really, really good in 21 and to be blunt, since then, it's been nothing similar. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and we probably won't see him when, when Matt always is back and fit. And, you know, I think someone like Darcy Fogarty, uh, Lockie Fogarty, I wish it was Darcy Fogarty. I think Lockie Fogarty might overtake him. We'll see, but yeah, um, disappointing. And I can't believe I'm saying it, but we're desperate to get Matt Owies back in this side. Well, because- that's, that's, well, that's why I'm so concerned. Yeah, but he just kicks I goals. I don't want to be crying out for Matt Owies. Yeah, but he kicks goals. Well, sometimes he doesn't. I don't know. but Very irregular. Very Yeah, honey, just not up to the level. Um, That's the 22, I think. Or the 23, I should say. Yeah, just um, a, a really dirty night. I think that's everyone just going through. Yep. Uh, BNF votes. Ooh. A top three or a five? No, I'll do a three. I think I'd go Walsh Newman Scherer I think Mm. I'm not sure I'll go Walsh Walsh was our best then Newman Um, probably go Akers yep something like that you know nah Uh, well 
Now, I'll give a special little shout-out to Hollands. I thought he was good. Um, should we get into Twitter questions? Yeah, I didn't know if you'd be brave enough to put them up. You did? <laughs> no, I did. Okay. Definitely, mate. We've got to get everyone's thoughts. Um, and we did do... Well, there's a couple discussion points, actually, I think, that we should talk about yep. before Twitter questions. And that is, um, I wanted to get our... I wanted to get everyone's thoughts on whether Michael Voss is the right man who can take Carlton to their next premiership. Yep. Is Michael Voss a premiership caliber, premiership winning caliber coach? And uh, the results came in from the poll. Oh, you made a poll? Yeah, chucked a poll up on Twitter. 49% 49% said yes and 51% said no. Ah, oh, so it's about on the it's fence. About, it's about on the fence. Oh, yeah. And uh, all I will say is I don't know. I don't know if... And I, I, think I, don't, people, I don't know if he is. And, and when people are listening to this, rather than thinking we're being reactionary, oh, I don't no, think no, we've no. ever been convinced. No, no, but hold but, on. It's not It's not that either. This I'm not... I'm not... I'm not going to sit here right now and say he is or he isn't. Because we don't... It's too early. It, it's... Well... All well, all is, it, is it though? I don't know if it is. This and, is the, and I know what I want to say. That was his 27th game in charge of Carlson. All I'm going to say, and I, as I said, I don't know if he's or he isn't. That's, that's a different discussion. But all I will say is we better hope that he is. Because if he isn't, yeah. and I say this, I'm being dead set here. If he isn't, then I think it's very, very sad for the football club because I don't know if they will make that call in time yeah. to get anything out of this list. Because uh, yeah, I now, agree with that. Because now, you know, how old's Cripps? He'd be about 27. 28, yeah. 28. I feel that if he isn't, it's obviously not happening this year and it it might happen next year. I think if we don't make finals this year, do you reckon he'll get he'll be there next year? I do. I agree. And I just think if you wait till next year oh, and then they make the call next year, it means 2025 yep. will be the first year with another coach. Yep. But then it's probably too late. Do you think Simon Goodwin's a good coach? Um, well, it's funny because I w- it's actually crazy you asked that question because when I was thinking about it and how I would approach speaking about this on the pod, I thought, well... Every premiership coach has an edge. They just have something. They're either a very good coach or they have an edge. And you obviously are not a fan of Luke Beveridge. No. But he has an edge. He has, there's something about yeah, him and the way that he operates. He's a weirdo. Yeah, but, but it's. But it, he, he's it, more, it, you know, he is, his edge is, he's got really personal, deep relationships with his players. But, but that's but, an edge. No, no, no. Whatever no, it is. That's his edge. Yeah. But every premiership coach is either a very good coach or has some sort of edge. The only one that I couldn't think of was Simon Goodwin. Was yeah. What was his... And, 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 and this is where I see it comparatively to Voss. I think the Melbourne list got themselves... It was that good. Was... You know, they got themselves that flag. And I always thought it'd be similar with Carlton where we're not going to have the best coach in the business, but we're going to have a coach good enough to implement some sort of system, which we hadn't had previously with the primary, the kindergarten teacher and the primary school teacher in Bolton and Teague. So we're going to have some sort of system, some sort of identity, which we do have. We do have an identity in this league in terms of the way we play. But I think with Voss, it is going to be a case of, you know, this is going to be 
if it is going to be a premiership winning era for the Blues, it's going to be off the back of... It's going to be list-driven rather than maybe tactically driven. I think the only issue I've got with Voss right now, and it's a bit, and it's a big issue, I think over the first 27 games, I haven't seen an ability to show any ounce of adaptability to within games or to thwart opposition. You know, we get out-coached a lot. And I, th- I think we're very easy to pick apart, which sometimes, you know, which isn't a good thing. We're very easy to coach against because for Carlton to win, the game has to be played in literally a very one-dimensional fashion where this is, it has to be quick, long entries. And if you slow the game up, we're already on the back foot. So it's very easy to switch the flick against Carlton and say, this is how we're going to, you know, match up on the Blues this week, make mm. the game slow. So you're halfway there. So we're very easy to coach against, which is obviously an issue in turn for Michael Voss. But we, we just... It's very interesting. It's more the adaptability bit that really bugs me within games. We're very... You know... And Radden was a little bit the same at Carlton. We're very reactionary within games. Mm. I can agree with that. I can definitely agree with that. Uh, it's... Yeah. It's... um. What can you say? What can you say, really? I don't know what to say. Um, but... I just hope for the sake of the Carlton Football Club, that he's good enough to take the club to a flag. Because, yeah, I think if he isn't, then it's 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 gonna it's gonna be too late. But I also think a, a big responsibility on this, you know, I think push they knew to win that. a premiership. They knew that when they point. I think it was very well known. Well, it was an option number this- one, two, or three. Mm, it was very well known. We cannot afford to get this one wrong. But- For sure. But, I, you know, I think this still has to be... This is now... This this group, this core group of players is probably entering their third year, fourth year to get together as a core group. Probably the third year of them growing, you know, being actual adults in let's, this league. Let's say third year because well, guys they- like Hewitt and... No, 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 I know. But there has to be... Now we're almost at a point where we can be, you know, dissatisfied with some elements of what's happening upstairs, but these players have to take accountability at some point because at the end of the day, these players are good enough to be winning 14, 15 games a year and getting... And they still might this year. Mate, as in, this was a... At, well, mate, as, look, as the Carlton on, Twitter on. page said, it was a blemish. Mate, look but, at the, the list. This is a... Uh, this is a top four list well, that's at, what I'm saying. at worst. There has to be accountability two on Coleman the field. medalists, oh. a Brownlow medalist. Sam Walsh is as good as a Brownlow medalist. You've got Weedering down back. Uh, Sard's an All-Australian, Doherty's an all This There is complete and utter star power and elite players all around the ground. It's it's really like, you could argue it's almost even the best list in the AFL. It's probably up there. It's, it's, but that's what I'm saying. These probably, guys, they, and that's what, but that's what I'm saying. These guys are good enough. There's enough high-caliber players on this list. There has to be some accountability for these no, lackluster performances because the last three weeks, quite frankly, I know we won two of them, but they have been nowhere near the level they need to be to A, make the top four, and B, win the flag. Well, yeah, you don't want to be beating GWS by 10 points and North by 20. Like, that's... Well, it's not even that. It's like we played like... A win's a win, but it's... We didn't... Yeah, you're right. We didn't We didn't murder those teams. But it's not even about... We just didn't play well. Like, you know, I don't know. Get into the Twitter questions. Yes. Uh, all right. Should we do VFL review before? before? Yeah, the boys played Friday night. They did. Uh, and tell you what, there's something to like 
about Jackson Bintz. I think he should play. I think he's very good. I think he's actually going to be a very, very good player. Yeah. He's clean. He's very, very silky. And looking at his stats on the weekend, so he's been, I think he had 28 and two goals maybe last week, was it? Just having a look. Yeah, he had 28 disposals, two goals, nine marks, seven inside 50s, three rebound 50s, three tackles. That was last week. And then, obviously, last night, he was fantastic again. 29 disposals, 11 marks, six inside 50s, four rebound 50s, two tackles. He is playing the wing to an absolute T. So then where do we find a spot for him? I think I'd... And I know he's not... He's not a half forward, but I think he can be. And I think at the moment, we're not getting a whole lot out of Fisher and Honey. And if Owies isn't coming back, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Bins. I just think he... I think you can... Yeah, they, they're not going to drop Fisher, but I think I'd like to see Bins in that role because I just think he's quick enough and he's clean enough to play that role really well, be that kick inside 50, but he'll run both ways. We get killed by Fisher because he doesn't run both ways. Mm. I just reckon I'd love to see him in that role. The other one was Kemp. Yep. Now, Kemp's playing bloody good footy. Yep. And, and we've we've been very critical of Kemp just because first round pick, we haven't really seen it. But if, I, if think, Mitch, if, I think we've been critical of the management of Kemp. Yeah, correct. If Mitch McGovern isn't fit to take on St Kilda, yep. it has to be Brody Kemp. Yep. It absolutely has to be. I agree. Like we've got, it's it has to be. I, I I'm with you on that. Sincotta had 34, and we know what we're going to get from him. He's going to dominate the VFL every yeah. single week. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. I just think there's more of a chance we're going to get a long-term player out of Kemp than Sincotta at the, at the end of the day. So that's probably why I'd prefer. Yeah, no, Sincotta's a stopgap player on our list. Yeah. Which is hard, you know that's actually rude by me. He hasn't played a game yet. For no, he us. hasn't. He, no, that's no, very no. harsh. That, but that, that is rude. But <laughs> then, nah, that is that. Well, we don't know yet. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's rude. I apologise <laughs> to the Sincotters. But one one of them has to play. Well, one of them will play if McGovern doesn't get up. Which you know, knowing McGovern, they're not going to bring him in. Yeah, it's gonna it'll it's, be a, a six weeker. It's gonna be a discussion that we have after the VFL review before the Twitter questions. Uh, O'Brien had 26 and a goal. Durden, Sam Durden had 24. Um, Lockie Fogarty had 23 and a goal. Your mate had 27 and a goal. Who? Mr. Dow. Oh, we see. We've got to get his surname on every episode. Um, Carol had 21. Lemmy kicked one goal, three. He had 16. Um, uh, any other? Uh, Dom had 10. Hudson O'Keefe had, t- had 10 hit outs as well. So, I mean... Look, they got the Chockeys over Richmond, a nine-point win, nine fourteen to eight eleven, sixty-eight to fifty-nine. Are they two and two or two and one? Two and two, uh, two on the trot after wins over North Melbourne last week and Richmond last night. They lost to GWS and Geelong in the first two rounds, but really, uh, just impressed by Jackson Bins, and I'd like to see him next week, and I think I'd like to see Kemp as well. Um, I I think it'll get too crazy if you bring in more than that. I don't think... Yeah. Let's talk about team changes, Bolt. Because I don't think you want to be bringing in more than that. 
think two. You start making three or four changes, but let's talk about it. So Plowman will go out, and I think Honey will go out, and I think Pitternet will go out. Well, Pitternet and Honey don't play two rucks. No, and they're not particularly tall. They're not. So I don't. Th- I think that would be just a bad. Well, Membry's going to come in. Is Membry coming in? He's playing VFL this weekend. Really? Yeah, so memory's coming Memory in. and steel back for us. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. The guy that kills us every single time we play them. Yeah. Far out. He's a good player, Tim Memory. He's a very good player. Um, mm, well, so Plowman's going to go out for McGovern. If McGovern isn't fit, it'll be Kemp or Sincotta. Yeah. We hope it's Kemp. Okay. Oh, yeah, actually... It could be Plowman stays and Kemp comes in anyway. Plowman won't stay in the team. You shouldn't. Uh, Pitternet will go out. Yep. And I think that that'll be... Maybe they'll bring in... It could be O'Brien. Jack Martin. True. Jack Martin. Yeah, it turns into a four-week calf injury. Well, the Jack. if Jack Martin's playing, it'll be for Honey. Yep. And if Jack Martin is, doesn't get up for that... I reckon it'll be Bins. Potentially. And then what happens if Sard's out? It could be Fogarty. It could be Fogarty. And it could also be Dow. No. It won't be Dow. It could be. Yeah, I'm telling you, it won't be. I think... No. There's no way. Could it be Carroll? Could be Carroll. Yeah. So, we don't need another midfielder in this team. So I think Honey will go oh, out. We've got too many midfielders. Because like Ed, I'd almost bring in Bins... For Kerno. So who comes in for Honey Martin? Well, and yeah. if Martin doesn't get up, Honey well, doesn't play. Fogarty. Get a bit more zip around the contest. Well, true. On One the of them's going to be the sub because Honey was the yeah. sub. So let's let's say from the twenty-two, let's say Pitternet and Plowman. So Plowman was. Well, I don't about, think Sard's going to play either. You reckon? I don't. I, I don't know how he could. What do you mean? Well, it depends how tight the hammy was. He played most of the game. Well, he, well, he went off with the tight hammy. Game he was didn't done. Come back on. Game I know. Well, done. that's what I'm saying. I don't know how precautionary it was or wasn't. Gee, changes could go anywhere. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's going to be Sin Cotter and Kemp are the two that will come in and McGovern for Plowman and Saad. Those are the three in the mix. Mm. If it's Plowman and Saad out and McGovern isn't fit, I think both Sin Cotter and Kemp will come in. Same. The fantastic news we heard during the week was that Jordan Boyd is only a week or two away. And so is Cottrell. So that just helps our depth out a little yes. bit. Yes. Because Boyd would be playing. No, they, they crept up on us a little bit. Just, yeah, just chuck that one out. It's Still good. no timeline on Caleb Marchbank, is there? Well, that's, yeah. When are we going to see him? Oh, it's a joke. Um, and then in terms of the forward line, in terms of Pitternet, I think it'll be Bins or O'Brien. They will they will add a bit of dash. And yeah, maybe Kerno gets pushed out to be the sub. But probably no, not. no, no, no. Naughty. He should be... No. Uh, God. Carlton, three goals down at three-quarter time. Here comes Ed Kerno. No. Twitter questions. Um, before we get to Twitter questions, do we need to look at our strength and conditioning at the football club? Oh, I think it's an obvious yes. It's the same guys getting repeat injuries and maybe that's on them. Maybe that's on us. 
It's it's tough for us to talk about because we don't know the ins and outs. We've got of the- no idea. Let's just start off by saying that we. Don't That's why know. I don't love commenting on it. But there has to. I think we all know there is some issue because it's the same players, repeat soft tissues every time. We'll leave it there. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, straight into the questions. Jeremy Cruz says we need to talk about our zone defense. What is wrong with manning up when we don't have the ball? Yeah. What is wrong with manning up when we don't have the ball? Well, I think it's I think it's a work ethic thing a lot of the time. We don't, you know, Adelaide just spread way harder than us. They covered the ground really, really well. And, you know, they were in control of the ball so comfortably that, you know, it was impossible to defend a lot of the times. So, yeah, big issue. Connor says, I said it last week, boys. We're soft without the ball. Cripps couldn't lay a tackle to save himself at the moment. Warper laid a few early, but none followed. The The young Adelaide side was too big and strong. Embarrassing. Yeah, and this happened last year, you know. A lot of the times, there were lots of missed tackles, you know, prominently, you know, in that Adelaide game. Remember that goal fo- Fogarty kicked for them last year where he broke through about five of them? Well, the same thing happened last week when Paul Curtis kicked a goal late. I think there was a whole chain of eight or nine mm. missed tackles. You see, yeah, may- maybe. And that's a big issue for us, not being that resistant, you know, in close and hard at the contest. So it's definitely a thing I think a lot of people are picking up on. Drunk Hill, the great man, says, should we go up the guts once or twice a game at least to try something different? McGovern was launching us up the middle in previous matches when he ha- he was on kicking duty. We didn't try that at all tonight. We can't rely on playing wide for an entire match. I completely agree. Completely and utterly agree. I think we're way more dangerous when we go up the middle and I think it makes us a little bit less predictable Michael Cerevolo game like that really makes you question the list and the coaches scary thought that Adelaide might have imploded in 2017 hit rock bottom and is already ahead of us is our midfield too unpaced um oh yeah the midfield is looking to be a little bit one pace at the moment which is why I said off the top you can't play Colonel Hewitt and um Kennedy in the same team I think as we sit here right now and remember Colonel didn't play a game last year which is why it wasn't really an issue. But, um, yeah. Mm. Uh, Bagometric says, can we just be a pure turnover team because nothing is more painful than watching us move the ball from a kick-in? Well, yeah. And our defending from kick-ins is a joke. There was one, I think it would have been, Adelaide would have been kicking to the right of your TV screen. Which quarter would that have been in? Would have been the second quarter. It was literal. It was literally six kicks, bang. Our, our defending from kicking, I've always said we can never chop off that 30-meter kick into the back pocket because, you know, they're advancing already 40 meters up the ground, you know, with that little kick, which is so important to defend. Our defensive transition is shocking. Mm. Mm. It is. Uh, Tim's trading says, sadly has a bit of the 2021 Port game early in the season at the G on a Saturday night on it. Both games' expectations were high. Big crowd, and we didn't throw a punch. Voss in press conference said he was happy with two and a half of our quarters. That's probably more of a worry and an insight into how the group thinks. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Um, Michael M says, Can't remember a more lackluster performance from the boys in a long time. I understand the disruption of losing McGovern and Doherty hurts, but surely we find a way to push on. On field direction seemed non existent. Pressure acts well and truly down. What does it take to motivate this side? It's a great question because, you know, you always get this sense that they come in with this a bit of arrogant swagger, don't you? They get a little bit ahead of themselves. They drink their own bath water during the week. And, 
Yeah, it's very frustrating. Um, Pete Rogers says, do we really care if we get a response from the group next week? That would be more frustrating for me that they're picking and choosing when they want to give effort. We had every reason to stick it in tonight, but we didn't. Embarrassing. Um, Baggers Metric says, is anything more bittersweet than Ed Kerner winning possession? Um, Dutchy says, what is our style? Do the Blues have a style? Key forwards and inside balls, but we don't use either. Yeah. I think the public's nailing it on the head. I think everyone's in complete unison of deficiencies right now, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, Talbot Henry says, missing Doc and Gov really hurt us in the first quarter, especially. However, the mids really let us down. It looks like there's still a spot for Dow in our midfield, or is Durden the one to provide the explosive pace that we're lacking? Maybe. That's not a bad shout. Maybe getting Durden, you know, as Melbourne and done with Cozzy Pickett, if some spurts on the ball. Dow is not the answer, though. Andrew says, what is the game plan? Can Voss actually coach? Doesn't seem to know how how or when to make changes to yep. what seems to be the most simplistic hand style in the league, which the players still manage to stuff up. Thank you, Plowman. Um, yeah. BL says the strength and conditioning team should be removed. Um, Damien Birmingham said, thought we were winning games, but in second gear, but is that our only gear? Did we have a good plan that was poorly executed or a ship plan that was also poorly executed? Either way, it was terrible. My belief in our group, taking a real big hit, not sure how we recover from this in a hurry. Mm, I know. Well, it was just one of those dirty nights. You know, I, th- I feel like we had a similar game this time last year when we lost to the Gold Coast and we looked... No, but, s- but this is a 60 This felt worse. I know, this felt worse, didn't the it? The other thing is, Adelaide got like the best strength and conditioning guy yes. in the league by a mile and one of the best on the planet. And you look at their team and the way that they just completely outran us and you look at their injury list bolt they've got two players on their injury list Hugh Bond who's out for four to six weeks not in their team anyway and Josh Worrell who's out for one week so they've essentially got a one-man injury list and then you look at ours you've got Boyd and Cottrell and Doherty and Marchbank and Martin and McGovern and Owies and Philp and Williams that's nine I don't think there's any denying that. So, yeah. Um, the legend, Jonah Wise, he says, maybe it's just me, but last couple of games, Crows and North, our tackling has looked putrid. Yep. So many missed tackles, which allows them to move the ball so freely, feel like we get hunted and don't do the hunting. Well, I can agree with that 100%. Oh, there's no doubt. That's, yeah, it's, it's so frustrating. Um Tommy says, the midfield group haven't actually played that many games together due to injuries always playing a factor. It looked like they didn't know where anyone would be. Awesome to see Walsh back out on the park and Hollands was a star. What are your thoughts on that? The midfield mix and gelling together. Well, they haven't, but I I just think we've gone a little bit overkill on the midfield group. You know, we were very, we were almost last year, we were almost better when we had the four of the five rather than five of the five, weren't we? Because we'd always struggle to find that... It was almost like a half-forward rotation last year. And this year, they've reverted to the half-back rotation. I just think it's overkill at the moment. Um, yeah. Interesting. A couple of people have mentioned us in an article that Jake Nile wrote saying, our issues are laid bare, we're too slow, and we're over-reliant on Kerno and Mackay, and we've got injuries. Mm. Yeah. Um, Navy Blue Baggers says, no thoughts, just tears. <laughs> yeah, it was yuck. Um, 
Brady Park says, if you told me pre-game that we would have more inside 50s, I would have jotted down a win. Did we? Two of the top Ooh. five key forwards in the game, we didn't look dangerous at all. Entries continually bombed into outnumbers. No real pressure to keep the ball in. Coaching or players panicking. Yeah, I didn't know we had more inside 50s. That's crazy. Uh, Tim W says, we have a two-time Coleman medalist, a Brownlow medalist, some fantastic first-round draft picks. Is our strength really our weakness? Does this mean this comes at the expense of true depth? Does it mean our game plan has too much emphasis on individuals? Yeah, probably does. I want to and speak I, about you, this. You made that comment. I want to speak about this because that's triggered my memory. I spoke, I was speaking to you and Portie about this after the game and the fact that you look at other clubs and I want to make special mention to Collingwood here because this is something that they do well. Collingwood have injuries. Players come in, they fill a role. You don't even notice the players out. Their death just covers it. The good teams that have good structures, it doesn't matter if someone gets injured because someone else comes in and plays the role and their structure allows them to play the role without, you know, being noticeably hurt in that position. I feel like when Carlton get injuries, it's always like, oh, that is literally where we struggle. There's no backup plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we get injuries we get killed in those positions. Yeah. Doherty and McGovern injured. We got killed in that spot. Absolutely killed. I, I don't know, and I'll ask you the question, is this an issue with our depth and the individuals, or is this an issue because our structure and system isn't good enough that it yeah. allows players to come in and just slot in seamlessly? Uh, I think Which one is it? I actually think it's the latter. Well, the depth has been hit with injuries, but that's fine because th- 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 there is some element of there is, you know... I think we've now got 28 guys that I think we can rely on or 29 guys that I think are capable at the level at the very least. But I I, I do agree with you. I think the game plan... Well, I think the way we play is centered around focal points in each position. And I think, you know, rather than... if Let's just take Doherty as an example. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the transition off halfback and the rebounding would be centered around Sam Doherty. Whereas if you're going to play Alex Sincotter in that position, they're not going to center that around him. They're going to almost take the opposite approach. And it's like, you know, you almost don't want him to assume that mantle. Do you get what I mean? Mm. So I think that is a big part of it. Um, I guess the other thing is, the question is, are we too reliant on individuals? Well, when certain players don't get up, we don't play well. For sure. And and look, and, and that's... And that's sometimes a blessing that you've got individuals that can win you games, like we saw last week with the Towers. But it, 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 in terms of long-term sustainability, it's not ideal. No. Um, Paul Walsh, the great man Walsh, he says, Time for an omen. 2017, Richmond were defeated by Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. 21-14 to 10-4. And we know what Richmond did that year. Keep the faith by a thread. <laughs> well, we like it. Um, he also said, interesting thought, both Adelaide and Port Adelaide have home ground advantages in what is essentially a neutral round. Why not open the weekend with a showdown? There will still be enough blockbuster combinations to ensure Adelaide Oval sells out. It's definitely not a bad shout, but I think the, 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 the way which we benefit from playing Adelaide and gather round is that everyone cops this extra interstate trip. And this is an interstate trip for us in a game that would be on the road anyway, if that makes sense. So a lot of teams would have the six interstate rounds plus gather round we've because it was against the crows that is just another interstate game we don't get that extra yeah. trip so that's kind of the trade-off there but yeah i agree showdown imagine a showdown and gather round oh it'd be unbelievable the city would stop but i think they want but it means a it means lot of you lose one of the 
Yeah. One of the blockbuster. Yeah. It means you lose one of the SA teams yeah, having correct. their home fans being able to go. Yeah. You lose an... Ex- yeah. Um, Adrian Sal says, how can we start games asleep and regularly? Five, six, seven goal head starts. Yeah. I was just... It happened so quickly. Um, yeah, I think there's... There's been a lot. A lot of these questions are similar to what we've spoken about, so we might leave it there. But overall... A dirty just, night at the Adelaide Oval. Well, we've still never won at the Adelaide Oval. But, mate, a week's a long time it in football. Is. And, and we've got 10 days to and, think about it. And we've got an opportunity to turn this around. Because yep. we've got the Saints, who are the only undefeated side now in the AFL. Yep. And whilst I'm extremely... Uh, I'm not confident at all going into that. Because their structure yep. and their system is that good... That is what is winning them games. That's not their personnel because they've got that many injuries. Yep. I'm very nervous. Yeah, it's going to be a tough task, but if they're up for it, they'll be okay. But really tough game. And it's a game we probably need to win. Going it's a into- game we definitely need to win because we've got a tough run afterwards. Yep. Who have we got? We've, we've got, got West Coast away. Which is not easy. No, you never like going on the road. And then we get a really tough period of Brisbane at home, the Bulldogs... And then... Melbourne. No, no, Collingwood. And then Melbourne. Then Sydney, then Melbourne. Jesus. So we've got a very, very tough run. Have to win this week. Yep. Have to win. Got to win. Bolt, I think that's all. Yeah. We missed anything? No. One man you definitely want to see come in? I don't even know. Mitch McGovern. (laughs) Uh, That is all. Bolt, thank you. No stress. Blue baggers. Let's hope that we recover and uh can get the dub next week go blues there we go and they will know that they've been playing against the famous old dark blue